Hey guys, welcome back to Pushing Through Blue. Before we dive into episode seven, as always, if you haven't already, take one minute, go back and listen to the important disclosure episode of this podcast. It's really important. Thank you so much for the ongoing support and sharing this podcast, as well as for those who subscribed and left a kind review, including this one from friend of the podcast, Dash from DashGamer.com, who writes, as someone who struggles every day with mental health, this show shows that I'm not alone in the struggle and that there are people out there like myself who are taking it step by step every day to push through life and understand that not everyone's struggle is the same. This is an amazing experimental experience. Keep up the great work, brother. Dash, thank you so much for the kind words and your ongoing support, man. I really appreciate it. On episode seven, I was very fortunate to be able to speak with Reginald Howard from the Black Mental Health Podcast, where we talked about Reg's experiences dealing with his own mental health, mental illness struggles, surrounding his family relationships, the pressure of becoming a father for the first time, a recent car accident he was involved in, and how those physical injuries have now left him with mental challenges for him to overcome, what the Black Mental Health Podcast is all about, and why it was created. Reg shares his insights and perspective on the mental health and mental illness situation within his own community, the African-American community within America, and how he is trying to make a difference within his own community by sharing his and others' stories. What options of treatment are available and other alternatives, not replacements, for those who may not be able to access professional help straight away. The problems surrounding self-medication and the concerns surrounding this short-term band-aid to a broken arm type fix to your own mental well-being. The power you have in having open and honest conversations about your own mental health and mental illness challenges. Full disclosure, please be aware, neither myself or Reg are trained or qualified mental health specialists. If you or someone you know may be experiencing the same or similar signs of mental health, mental illnesses as discussed in this podcast, please note that there is help available and you are not alone. I've listed a number of mental health support organizations in the description area of this podcast. Please check it out and please reach out for help if you need it. I hope Reg's story and the discussions shared in this episode will provide you with new insight and support with your own mental health journey or help you in providing support to someone you may know and help start a conversation that just may save the life of someone you know, a complete stranger. Guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. Fantastic. Now that's awesome. Yeah, I don't mind. I just just have it there just as a recording. So um, is it happy uh, Game of Thrones day for you too, or it's all done and dusted now? No, uh, it's not Happy Game of Thrones yet because I didn't stay up to watch it. So uh, I have to actually catch up. They lost me in a few seasons, so <laughs> I got to catch yeah, up. I'm glad I'm glad you said that because you're in the same boat as me. I, um, I, I, I caught up with it six and seven. And um, it's been such some. T- it's been some time now, and and I haven't I haven't watched the new episode that came out today. It actually came out at like eleven o'clock today. Okay. So most of us were like working, but I've I've got the box sets, and we started watching through six and seven mm. just this weekend. So I'm at that point there where I'm trying to decide, you know, do you do the you go through your, your at least your seven, uh, season seven and try and do the catch up. Yeah. And but then it's all like obviously the spoilers, and you got social media and all the rest. Right. Of it and, right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I don't I don't know I don't know I, I'm surprised I got through today to be honest without uh-huh. looking at Twitter and someone coming at you with with what's happened but uh, <laughs> yeah the spoilers they're everywhere mate you can't help it I'm I'm ready to dive in man I'm excited cool man all right no I appreciate that all right well let's on that note. 
Hey guys, welcome back to Pushing Through Blue, an interview podcast sharing stories of people's experiences with mental health in an effort to bring awareness, help others start conversations and break through the stigma surrounding mental health. I'm your host, as always, Dane Peavy, and today I have a very special guest. He's a mental health advocate, host and creator of the Black Mental Health Podcast, and author of a book called Suffering Into Success. Uh, my special guest, uh, Reginald Howard. How are you going, Reg? I'm good. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm really good. Really good. Do you mind if I call you Reg? I know, listen to your podcast. You go by Reg, you go by Junior. How, what, what do you prefer? Reg, Reggie, Reginald, and, and whatever makes the person feel comfortable. I love Reg. So all I'm right. going to stick with that if you're all right with that. All right. Hey, man, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And obviously working with the time zones too, me being in Australia, you being in the US. Whereabouts in the US are you based? I'm based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on the East Coast. Very nice. So it's early in the morning for you. It's a late one for me at night. Yeah, it's like about six six in the morning over here. So, you know, we, we worked it out though. We worked it out and made it happen. We did. We did. No, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, man. Hey, uh, before I dive into how I found yourself and your content, I just wanted to give the listeners and even myself just a little bit of an introduction about yourself. So if you don't mind telling us about yourself. I really hate this portion of like doing this because it feels like bragging. And I'm not one to brag, like, to. I just know I like to help. So uh, all, all my life I know I wanted to do something to help people in a way just to serve. And I always seen problems in the world, and I'm like, I, I wanted to be one of those people that helped solve them. Um, so I went to school for communication. Um, I, like I said, I always knew I had that entrepreneur itch of wanting to help people um, and just serve and help my community, especially in the black community, African-American community here in the uh, U.S., and so I just started diving in I, into my entrepreneur spirit, and I created my podcast to delve, with, delve into mental health, created uh, my book, uh, which we'll get into. I create just created different mediums to help the communities and help everyone, you know, get to that next level, because we all are uh, struggling in some manner of a sort. And one of the things I always learn when I do my speeches at school and stuff like that is we all feel alone in a room full, full of people. And we, mm. we cannot all be in the room feeling alone and we all together. And it's because yeah. we don't share and tell each other that we all are experiencing the same struggles and the same problems that we have. So it's just me. I just I wear my story on my sleeve. So I have no problem sharing the things that I've been through and in and, and, and hopes that it'll help someone not feel alone, too. Yeah. And I really appreciate that, man. And I hope you sharing your story today is going to help some of the listeners that are on here. And if it's not directly someone they know so and just on that point there i want to talk about your podcast black mental health podcast can you tell me a little bit about it now how did it get started and i guess yeah just the background to it um so it was was a multitude of reasons that it got started um the ones that come top of mind is basically for my own sanity i was i started out going through some struggles early on um as far as like just being mentally broken um and actually i'll tell a two-part fold to the story I heard an interview with someone t- discussing things like suicide, discussing things like depression, discussing things like anxiety, and it was from a person that looked like me, an African-American guy, and mm. I never seen those things discussed in my community th- in that way. I think he was a psychiatrist, for, um, a psychologist, if I'm not mistaken. I know he's definitely a mental health advocate, and I never yep. seen it that way. And I was like, man, more people needs to hear this message. But I, it, it, it's not resonating with everybody. I don't know. It hit me harder because it was some things when he was naming what depression was. I was like, oh, man, I experienced that. 
Anxiety. Yeah. Oh, I experienced that too. And I'm like, if I experienced, I know a bunch of other people experience it, but don't know what the words are. So I was yeah. like, I want to do my part because I didn't go to school for to be a psychiatrist, a psychologist and all of those things. But I wanted to make sure I was doing my part to help and serve my community as well. So I was like, right, yeah. I want to create a platform. That's what and mind you, I always said I wanted to have entrepreneur spirit and serve my community. So I created that platform. But my story that include is that included is in that platform is. Um, when I first had my first son, um, who's about six years old, years old, so that was about six years ago, I just was feeling like a, a heavy amount of pressure of being a parent. I was in my yeah. relationship. Um, my father wasn't in my life, and and that's typically the story in the poverty stricken areas in the uh, African American community over here in the U.S. My father wasn't in my life. Um, I didn't have a job. Um, I was living with my mom. I didn't have a car. I'm like, what purpose or what significance do I have for a child right now? And I, I just felt worthless to the point where I was like, man, I just want to go sit on this bridge. And, and I think I may or may not jump off of it. And so I went there and, and, and sat on the bridge and I text all my friends and everybody uh, that I felt was close to me, like, take care of my son. I don't want to be here anymore. So I text them that, and then one, fortunately, one friend came and took me off the bridge, talked to me. But even still, the pain didn't stop. Most people don't know. A lot of the times, you don't want to end your life. You just want the pain that you're feeling inside to stop. So yeah. um, he pulled me off the bridge, and I still wasn't feeling like myself. So I went in the house. I took a bunch of pills. I don't even remember what the pills was. I just didn't want to feel anything. And I just know I woke up to my godmother over here and banging on the door, just knocking on the door and wake, trying to wake me up. And she she wound up pulling me out the house, brought me to her house, and she let, let me sit there. And she knew that being that, that pressure was so heavy on me. And even still, to that up to that point, up to this year, I never really got any treatment for that. What I did was be self-sufficient and just start reading on anger management, reading on depression, just reading on these all these bunch of books um, that helped me cope and self-almost uh, medicate in a sense, where I was able to learn techniques to help deal with everything that I was going through. So that's pretty much the, the sum of the story. I, even before that, was cutting myself and just doing things just to make pain stop, and you just don't know what the how to deal with those certain pressures man and no one's there teaching you as much as they have gym class they should have a mental class in certain schools too to up help understand your mind and help understand but i I feel like i'm rambling now so i'll let you take it away no 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 i mean like i appreciate that too you being so upfront and sharing that because there's a lot of key takeaways that you were talking about that and i want to dive deeper into that with you're okay with some of these story points there but even those things that you're mentioning about like educating in regards to mental health early so that it's not later on in life that they're creating more exposure and awareness and education to it which they are now like so I guess even just from my experience in in, in australia they are talking about mental health more commonly i mean uh full disclosure for this episode too uh, that and a lot of people don't know about this. So we are expecting bubs number three. We are in the very early stages of that. And we actually went to a doctor not too long ago. And, you know, we'd seen this doctor a few times, our specialist. And, and he was even saying, look, we're introducing this now. It's, it's postnatal depression questionnaire. We need to ask this. We need to, you know, further educate you. Uh, it's just an example now as to the education regards to mental health is coming in all forms now. And I think it's, it's great. It, it should be encouraged and I can see it in schools and I can see it in different programs and things like that. So it, it's awesome to see it coming out now. 
And jumping on to how I found your podcast, I was very fortunate to find your podcast and yourself. Actually looking on the socials for similar podcasts to mine, people that had gone through some mental health challenges that were now creating awareness through the platform of the podcast and looking at how they were doing that. And I discovered your podcast and your podcast being so similar to mine in the fact that it was a platform used for people to share their stories, to come on, you know, we're all walks of life. But as we all know, you know, mental health does not discriminate. And it's just creating awareness to what people go through, how they got there, how are they feeling and, and how did they get to the points that they got to? But also, how was the road to recovery? How did they get onto it? Who are the people there that supported them? And what were the steps that they made to, you know, start the journey? Because it is a journey back depending on where you're at as well. Even just creating awareness to the initial thoughts to what you know, mental health can bring to that. So it was awesome to to see that the intense and, and the same style of podcast was out there for me. I felt awesome. And I definitely wanted to, you know, have a chat with you and just pick your brain and to to the reasonings why what's what's made it passionate to you and the reasonings why you do you. And one of the other things that I found really interesting when listening to your podcast is that when you were creating the podcast and through the podcast episodes, you always sort of came back to the stories being very therapeutic for those listeners. And you wanted that. For the listeners, but also you also mentioned that the stories that are being shared on your podcast, as well as your own, you know, in the first episode you were discussing, you know, your own story as an introduction. But as different guests come on, you know, your story sort of evolves and you start to, you know, open up a lot more. And you can tell that it's very therapeutic for yourself. You're creating value and benefit to yourself as well, which I think is a huge thing. And as I was listening to your podcast and hearing that, I discovered as well that. That's very much like what I find. It's a huge value that I'm getting out of this podcast as well. I mean, like yourself, the main focus is to create awareness and, and help others break down this stigma and, and you know, in sharing these stories. But it's also about, there's a part of it as well that's very therapeutic for us as the hosts. Do you know what I mean? Keeps us grounded, gives us perspective. And it's just something that I'm, you know, been discovering in this podcast as well. So I really appreciate that, man. Yeah, I found that I don't know if you've seen recently, um, but I I'm recovering from a car accident. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I I I'm recovering from a car accident. It was if you've seen it, if you if, if you see it, you're gonna be like, I don't even know how this this guy is talking to me right now because it was very traumatic. Mm. Someone read ran a red light, they hit into me, and it was a T-bone accident. And oh, wow. um, I, I my leg, uh, I think it said an open fibula. I never was good with that, but I had an open fracture, um, messed yep. my hand up, bruised ribs, my head was um, messed up. And I don't say that for sympathy. Almost, it happened December twenty seventh, and I don't say that for sympathy. But now my guests and the people that are watching me transition with my mental health and in 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 a, in a therapeutic way, they're actually able to see me go through a journey of mental clarity of recovering of them like my process of doing that yeah so i'm I'm like you said it's therapeutic for you as well as the host because now you get the before sometimes something like that that's when you just deal with it yourself but now people get to understand the mentality and the stuff that i'm going through currently as well as i'm getting to get everything off of my chest and get the the feelings and emotions that I'm feeling inside outside of myself instead of inside. Are you you recovering okay? You've recovered from that? Yeah, I'm in uh therapy. I'm actually going to therapy in a few 
just mentally it took a, a, a strong toll on me because I was so being so independent and then going yeah. to so dependent on everyone. It was a transition for me, man. And it was mentally I didn't I, I was one of the guys when I played American football or I, I, I played basketball. I never got hurt. I made the, the business decision to go out of bounce sometimes so I didn't get hurt or something yeah, like sure. that. So I this is the first time I ever broken anything in my yeah. life. So it was a a traumatizing experience, and then for something like that to happen in, in a bang bang, it, it was nothing that I can do. He ran literally the red light. It was nothing that I could yeah. do. On the midst of the journey that I'm on with creating my book, creating the podcast, and it's like, why something like that would happen to me? It was a mental struggle going back with and back and forth with stuff like that. So I'm okay to ask you uh, answer that. I tell everybody I'm 110 percent spiritually. 110 percent uh mentally it's just that that last bit of 90 percent physically and one of the mental battles that i'm having currently or uh, two of them one that i i was going through was because i started driving again i didn't know i knew how to get to places but i didn't know the route to take there so i know what area general place was i just hmm. didn't know i used to know shortcuts and stuff like that and like it just was jogging my memory and i'm like i cannot understand what happened because mind you the way the accident happened, he ran, he ran across the red light. He hit me. I was in the driver's seat. He hit me into the passenger seat. Oh, okay. They when they got me out the car, they were like, "Well, where's the driver? Where's the driver?" I'm like, "I am the driver." And they was like, oh. "I'm the driver." Far out. And they had to pull me out, and I'm like, "Um, because they, they told me to get out, and I couldn't get out, and because my leg was messed up." But I didn't know that. I'm thinking my seat, but I was uh, all strangled in shock. up. Yeah, so yeah. I they pulled me out, and I'm on the side of the road, but. Um, I don't even know why I went there, but it just that mental struggle of not being able to know where to go. And then the one currently that I'm having is accepting the new version of myself because I have a metal rod in my leg. Um, okay. I have a, 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 a like a small chip in my hand to help with the structure of my bone. I don't even know how to call it, but just accepting the new version of myself is messing with me mentally because I, I want things to go back to what it was. And it was like, sure. It's like, man, you, you, you're going to have some knee pain for the rest of your life. You're going to have some leg pain. You're going to have. And so I'm currently accepting and uh, dealing with that at the current moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I can imagine that's hard. Like, like you've mentioned, like you, you've never been injured in that way. And just a shock regardless, you know, being in that sort of accident. I'm super happy that you're finding professional help there and, and knowing that, that you need help and you're doing well. Mm. That's the main thing, man. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're doing well. And you're taking it day by day because that's all you can do, mate. That's it. I, I went from going to uh, therapy mentally because my first time going to therapy was I wanted to make sure that my platform that I was putting out was not one of you can do everything yourself. Um, yeah. You can do a lot of the work yourself and, and, and a lot of it that professionals will tell you that most of this comes from you doing the work. But um, mm. I wanted to make sure I went through the process of having therapy. So in about October, yeah. I want to say, I, I, I took about two months of therapy. And I had a good time with my therapist um, and mm. just unloading a lot of that stuff that was in and buried. And he just I, and we have a great relationship to this day. And now I'm in physical therapy. And it's like, oh, man, it's, it's a lot happened that one. Life was a whirlwind in, in one spot but from between... I want to say, once I started the podcast up till now, it's been a whirlwind of experiences. Yeah. I mean, like, and you started the podcast middle of 2018, didn't you? Yes. Yep. And I mean, like, just the episodes that I've listened to so far, just like you've been on this um, episode here, and I really appreciate it, is that you're just so open and you're so honest about your story. 
and I know that's coming from you know the best place in relation to trying helping others and, and knowing that that's just the way that's your recovery as well for what you're going through and I know that the podcast that I've listened to for on yourself is he's so open to talk about uh, I guess when you were younger uh, what it was like growing up for you and your surroundings as you mentioned you know obviously living in in the US and Philadelphia in these uh, African-American areas you've been totally upfront about you know you getting involved into the wrong crowds and crowd of people and, and you know making decisions you know when you were younger that you sort of you know regret now and bringing awareness to other listeners about look hey learn from someone else or you know planting the seeds as to like these are the things that I did in relating to those listeners around you but also just like having conversations about you know your relationships with your family like you mentioned that you know you grew up with your mum and you've re- uh, reconnected with the relationship with your dad which I think that's awesome especially with you know young kids and you know you want them to know you know your, your nan and your pop and and family and have them around you but also one of the things that really resonated with me as well is in the first episode and, and you made mention of that you're a father you've you've got two boys six and almost one as you mentioned and just that initial, the, the struggles that you went through and the pressure of you becoming a first-time parent, you talk about that on your first episode, and as you've done now, and yeah, that, that really hit home for me because I know a lot of fathers and a lot of parents, not just fathers, you know, mothers as well, you know, it's a, it's a huge thing to have, bring a child into the world and you go through the excitement, but you also go through the self-doubt as well. And depending on where your mind goes with regards to self-doubt, you start questioning things, you start thinking things, and if, you know, if you're... If you, you keep it in yourself and you, you know, you're not translating that or not communicating openly, well, that's when your mind, you know, starts to spin and roll and, and does what it does, you know, and the mind's, as I mentioned many times on this podcast, the mind is a very powerful thing and, you know, where it goes is where you lead it sometimes. So, and I want to just take the opportunity and I guess the, on this podcast platform, just to see if, if there was any other sort of mental health challenges that you feel that you face that, you, you know, obviously you, you want to share today and. Um, share to the listeners to to help others well i guess it'll tie in a little bit to what you were already going to go to but i'll go in there um november i want to say january it's in my book um about january 2015 um one of the things was me and my mom actually had our first battle of having a mental struggle where as i realized that i was becoming a man and that power struggle where you're in your 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 parents home and you want to have that that top mentality of I, I'm running the household as well, where it's like, no, this is my house, and if you want to have your own rules, you make your own house. I won't give too much the story away because it's, it is in the book, but she wound yep. up kicking me out of the house. So I had my, it was just around the time where uh, my son was about three years old, my first son, and we were homeless. We were homeless, and we were trying to find somewhere to live, so we were bouncing from home to home, borrowing money that we couldn't pay back. Me and my fiance, and it, it happened on one of the biggest snowfalls in, in, in Philadelphia in the U.S. The snow was up to my knees, and I had to move all my stuff out within that night because of, because of the battle and the mental struggles that we, me and my mom going through. And that took a toll on me as well because it was like, Man, I gotta provide. Not only do I gotta find somewhere for me to stay, I gotta find a f- somewhere for my family to stay. Yeah. Who, what what kind of mother would do something to that to her son, the not caring where we go, and all of the things that a person would go through if they they mom just imagine just being heartbroken by the person you one of the people you love the most. And for a while, I hated her. I can keep it honest with you. I hated her. It played with me mentally because I didn't want to have nothing to do with her. I didn't. I uh, want no part of her in my I didn't want her to know nothing about my kids. I didn't want to know nothing about 
my fiance, my relationship, anything. I'll give the way the, the synopsis of the book is way deeper than this, but we actually rebuilt our relationship and we actually wanted to rebuild in our relationship. And I thanked her because of it. I thank her for actually throwing me out, not because she did it and I was so mentally messed up because of it, but because if she didn't do it, I wouldn't be the man that I am today. I needed, yeah. it, it, I almost needed to be kicked out there to the wolves to show that I can come back and lead in the wolf pack, showing that I can yeah. survive on my own, showing that. And there's some things you go, you're you going to have to go through before you have to, like, you can't just get babied out. Sometimes you got to, the only mm. way you learn how to swim is to get thrown in the water. You can't, yeah. like, there's nothing that can prevent that. So I, I'm actually appreciative of that. But at that time, eating uh, one meal a day, eating from McDonald's and not being able to afford no meals and stuff like that. I didn't care about that stuff during that time. I'm like, man, I hate her for the rest of my life. So fast forward to today and past the book that I didn't go in the book, she's where I'm staying at now because I couldn't take care of myself for the last four or five months because of the car accident. Sure. And what if I never fixed that relationship with my mother? I would never be able to get the cares and the need. And I'm actually back at her house. So it's kind of like almost like a restart where it was like the last time I was here or living here, it was when I got kicked out. And, you know, Mm. that that plays tricks on you. But, you know, that was one of the current mental struggles that ties into the book that I was going through. I'm I'm super believer in what you said, just relation to like the sink or swim Mm -hmm. type mentality with regards to the survival. There's always a, a survival part in us and we're always on a side note, I sort of I talk about this when regards to like passion projects or, you know, chasing dreams and that like that entrepreneurial side of things, like even yourself having that entrepreneurial drive. Sometimes you just literally just have to throw yourself out there or be in put in, be put in a position where that instinct or what's in the back of your mind, that just that survival, the sink or swim mode just really kinks in. And, you know, sometimes that's in relation to mental health as well. Sometimes, you know, we get to a point there where I don't know whether it's maybe a psychological thing in between, very different to all of us, but, you know, and maybe it was something that I went through as well, where it got to a point that I got, you know, really bad. And obviously, um, maybe it was a like a survival mode behind me saying like, no, this isn't, this isn't the way this is going. I've reached the point where I, I need to seek help now. And, and that was my survival mode kicking in. Maybe that was the point there where enough is enough. And that was my brain, you know, taking that turn just to say, I'm going to fight, right. you know? just like everyone should, you know, if you get into that point there, you've got to keep fighting, you've got to fight on. Sometimes it's about finding the strength That's it. and, you know, and where does the strength come from? It's so different to everyone. Whether someone's listening to this podcast, your podcast, they see something, you know, could be a paragraph, could be something that just comes to them and it creates strength. Every, strength is so different to everyone, but if we can keep presenting it, it's going to help everyone. So regards to mental health, do you find it's something that started, you know, six years ago when your first son came into the world or was it something that you feel that you've, you've had for quite some time, but when did it actually feel that like, you know, something's not right regards to your own mental health? Is it, have you had it for a long period of time or? It's a backstory to a lot of it and not to get too deep into, uh, like history and stuff like that. Yep. But it's before I was even born. My ancestors went through mental health with slavery here in America, and the traumatized that they did, the tra- they they did to the our black the black community here, it still plagued us to this day. Whereas African American community here in America, we haven't really dealt with the the ramifications of slavery yet, the effects that it had generationally to us and in our community. So that oh. that has its own separate issue in itself. On top of that, 
early on, I've learned in my family that I would talk to my mom. Um, I didn't know my dad, and then I would talk to my sister. And we had something in my dad's gene on that side of the family where they call it the Howard blood. My last name is Howard. The Howard blood yeah. where we get so angry that it's uncontrollable anger. Where you see black, you don't you don't care what's in front of you. It's just almost like you just don't recognize who you are in those moments. And I would say that for me, it didn't hit me till later in life around my, my son. But I always knew it was there. You know that yeah. mean streak you get when you're like a, a a young kid. Like I when I when when I used to get in fights, I I didn't never want to because of mm. my my fighting. I'm not about to just fight you and it's over. I'm gonna try to kill you, and I don't think it needs to go that far with your yeah, mindset. Okay. And I knew that wasn't it. That's an irrational thinking that to have, and mm. I knew that. I, that's why a lot of people ask me all the time. I'm a very joyful person. I laugh a lot. And it's because I don't like to get into that angry state because it's not going to be good for anyone, even myself. Yeah. I don't even yeah. know what I'm going to do, what I'm going to keep. And then I'll, I'll feel remorseful about it afterwards because now that's not me. That was not me that was doing all those actions. Like I, My yeah. body was outside of my control. So I've noticed that I had anger issues growing up. And my, when I would talk to my mom, she would say, that's just the Howard blood. And even talking to my father and reconnecting him, that was one of the main reasons I reconnected him because that is generational. He said his father had it and so on and so on. And he has it. That's why my father is similar to him, to myself where he wants to be inspirational because he as well has that mean streak. And then the only way for us to make sure it doesn't come up is to overpower it with positivity and, yeah, and make it make sure it, it stays at the belly because that anger issue was what was one of the earliest signs, man. And I, and I think a lot of it, it and I should talk to I think I talked to my therapist. I think I did, if I'm not mistaken. A lot of it was not being able to understand how to manage emotions. And yep. no one taught me that. I, I, it was almost like bumping my head. And a lot of the things in our community, as far as the African-American community is, is a bunch of not knowing how to manage our emotions. Mm. We were never taught, especially as men. We we are, that's, this is goes past an, uh, a black or African-American thing. As men, we are taught not to express ourselves. And if we express ourselves, we're looked at as soft or yeah. or sensitive. You think like that. So we're taught to not express. So a lot of that that emotion gets bottled in and you just hold it with nowhere yeah. to express it. In. And it comes out in our relationships sometimes. It comes out on our children as being abusive. Just in all of these other ways because it's not accepted as a norm for it to be spread out in, in manners that the regular people would accept it. And a lot of that ties into, I've noticed it in my gene, in my family early on, but it mm. didn't hit me until about adulthood around when I had my first son. Yeah. And just on that, just not to cut you off, it's really interesting what you said about the generational side of things, because I look back, that just sort of give me a bit of a, a flashback type bit, is that when I went and saw a psychologist about six years ago, when I first saw the psychologist, I remember the, maybe the first two sessions, very slow. And the first session I remember it was all about drawing the family tree. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, this is interesting. It's almost like, you know, genetics, mm -hmm. you know, especially when you're having a kid, you know, and so in my experience, when I sit down with, with a few specialists, like, okay, mom, dad, you know, has there been any uh, medical issues on this side, left, right, you know, things like that, cancer, so on and so forth. So they look at, you know, the chances and probability. But what was interesting is that that just took me back to when I actually saw my psychologist and 
he started doing the exact same thing, you know, how's, you know, how's grandma, how's grandpa, how's mom, but it was all about, you know, in relation to mental health and how many kids and yep, so where were they, you know, how was the upbringing and, you know, like all those sort of questions. So it's interesting. It's interesting on that point there, like how that, you know, you need to take that in consideration. And, and it was one of the things that you mentioned as well in relation to like looking at ways to help yourself and your own mental health. And, you know, I know well, you can start by eating better and you can exercise and there's all these things and you absolutely you can, but you know what? Like I look at it to say, people try and ask you for advice. You know, what's your advice? I'm really at the point there where I'm saying, look, everyone is so different. Go see your doctor, go seek professional help if you can, because Someone needs to know you. Someone needs to understand you. Take the time to know these sort of things, you, you know, the generational side of factors, you know, your history, what, what you're going through and tailor something for you because everyone is so different. And these things, you know, the trial and error, and I've been there and I'm, I'm sure that, you know, you've tried things as well. You know, Google is a very big open slash dangerous thing when you start like Googling depression, anxiety and all these things and you start self-diagnosing yourself. And you try and start doing this trial and error thing on all these different things. But yeah, it just, come, it just comes back to like just seeking that tailored help. And, and I had a question for you just on that as well, just while we're talking about that. So when you saw a therapist for the first time, was the first time you saw the therapist in relation to after the car crash or was it before then? Right before. We had literally just stopped in November. My car accident was in... Um December. Oh, okay. Has it turned out that you've taken that opportunity now to start having these conversations about not only, you know, the car accident that you've been through and how this is playing on yourself mentally, but also are you starting to dive into those areas now that looking at, you know, the anger and the rage that, you know, obviously you've been in the Howard blood, but also, you know, just diving into these things that might be the root of that. Like the way that I see it, when we look at our mum and dads and our definitely not our grandfathers and grandmothers, is that this stigma, this taboo of mental health is was so huge, you know, back in their generations. And it's only now sort of in our generation that, you know, where people are actually talking about their feelings and opening up. And it's not, we're still trying to break down the walls. You know, here's you and me having these conversations, trying to be honest and open so others can do the same. But they would have never had either the resources to go see a psychologist or, you know, even the mentality to say, I don't need that. You know, just, what is it, the spoonful of cement and harden up and, and move on with life. You know, that same sort of culture mentality that we've been brought up with. I just find that to be really interesting. And one of the things that I really wanted to dive into as well is about the podcast that you do does have this target audience. And I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into that just to know, I know when you came into the podcast and we've had a bit of a chat offline about this is that, you know, initially you had this target audience being um, your community, um, African-American community, because that's your community. That's what you know. This is, this is, this is life. This is, you know, the, the people that, that are around you that you know so well and relate to you and you relate to them. And I'd imagine that's sort of the, the community that you feel that you can offer the most, I guess, value to, you know, your story and your experiences too. So, Am I, am I right in saying that? Yes, um, it has been one of the most rewarding experiences to be able to start something because of I've seen a need in my community. So I started with the intentions on helping my community as much as possible, which is still the main goal or one of the initiative and main goals. But as I'm growing, as I'm expanding like I mean, meeting with just with people like yourself, it's not just a a small audience that experiences these type of struggles and these type of issues. So I'm always gonna 
quote unquote rep for my people and be on on that team. I'm always going to stand firm and, and and make sure that I'm doing the best things for my community. But as I'm growing, I want to understand different cultural nuances. I I even with um because it's called the Black Mental Health. Yeah. We 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 don't have no ties to Africa as much as we should. So it's it's so many global mental issues and and things like that that I want to dive into eventually. But it like like you said, right now the initiative is the Black American community, especially in my community. Um, and just growing and getting the message out and the idea out because a lot of us don't talk about it, and not many of us. You even you sharing your story. It's going to help somebody, and I can I commend you for doing that. But just making sure that the talk yeah, of behind yeah. mental health is helping everyone, not yeah, just yeah. specific people. Yeah, and I like and hundred percent agree. And this is one of the reasons again why I wanted to get you on the podcast and share your story, but but get your perspective because it's a perspective that certainly is 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 very foreign to myself, and I found it very important to educate yourself about. Not only people around you, but those in certainly different areas, in different environmental situations, and in, in different cultures, and different upbringings. And I think your walk of life is definitely different to the way I've lived my life. And I think we're just human. Do you know what I mean? We're just we're, we're doing the absolute best we can. And I think the best thing we can do is is learn from each other. One of the questions that I had from yourself, your experience, and I want to get your perspective on it, is that I guess within the African-American community, do you find or can you see that it's becoming like more visible now that, you know, people are starting to talk about mental health, that it's sort of encouraged to have these conversations, like the, the stigma is, you know, slowly breaking down, probably more like, I guess, maybe your generation or maybe it is moving on to the older generation now, or do you feel that it's it's not getting any better, that the majority of those are still suffering in silence and you know like you said they're just holding it in tight where where do you see it it's a mixture of all the above from my perspective because i'm in it i know that i see a lot of people talking about it but when i step outside of it it's not as many people that should be talking about it yeah i'm I'm in a, a niche group because people will talk to me about it because of what i'm doing but if the, if no one ever knew of what i was doing there's not mm. many people talking about it and yep. there's not pe- many people discussing it and you know with us being in this age of uh trends and things like that it's hard to decipher what's a trend and what's reality yeah. and about what people are talking about because for me honestly um i had stopped my podcast for a while because of the the accident and I felt like after when I stopped um, and I stopped around December, I'm like, I haven't heard too many, dis- too much discussion behind it about mental health. And it, and maybe it was because I wasn't talking about it and I wasn't looking for mm. it. But I just felt like it was one year, I think with, within last year, it was very prominent and prevalent and within our community where it was very popular. But now I don't feel like it it is as much. And I'm... As much as 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 bad as it's going to sound, I'm actually happy that I did kind of got went through the or going through the accident, the process of going through that car accident, so that way I can get weaned out from the people who are just playing with mental health and just doing it as a trend, and 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 I'm the people can see that I'm serious and I'm committed and I'm very dedicated to helping my community in that manner because. As much as you say, when you said something is so true, we walk different paths. But I look at it almost like I was talking to my fiance the other day. I look at it almost like we had we are cars on the same traffic. 
and our cars are different, but we are driving the same way. We are we, yeah, we you in your lane, I'm in my lane. I have my own car, you have your own car, but we're all we all are going down the same path, and it Rural just cars. looks differently for everyone. Yeah, no, I like that. That's a great analogy. It's interesting, like you just mentioned there, and I'll, I was going to talk about this one. I'm going to dive into it now. You're talking about mental health being a trend, and I saw this on your website, and it, what you're talking about it was on your blog, and you were talking about mental health hustle, and I never heard of this before. But then I read into it and I found it really, really interesting. You talk about mental health becoming more aware, like there's a lot of awareness now, there's growing awareness about mental health and a lot of people talking about mental health. And that's great. I mean, like that's why we're here. That's what we're trying to encourage. Right. That's awesome. That's the goal. But it's also just bringing awareness to the the fact that there may be some people out there taking advantage of this topic, that people are only using it as a focus of attention for themselves. And that's really interesting to me. And like, Originally, I thought about like when I first saw that. I went, no way! Like that's that. Who's who's trying to do that? But then I thought, you know what? It's out there. It doesn't matter what you're doing. There's always going to be this sort of stuff there. Mm-hmm. And I have this mentality where if I'm talking about mental health, I'm pretty much putting everything out there on the table in relation to like it, it, mental health is still a very vulnerable conversation. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how many times you talk about it. And you've got to own it. And like, that's that's the thing that, you, you know, the mindset that you have to go through that this is happening as, you know, your car crash happened and we just need to deal with it the best way we can and, you know, seek advice when we need to. And to have the vulnerability to come out and talk about your own mental health and what you went through to a, like a wide audience, I find that you're already putting yourself out there. And I just think that sort of mentality almost brings it up to say, you know, you're doing it for the best intentions. And if you, you constantly have that, you know, the mentality of, you know, why you're doing it and being genuine about why you're doing it, being authentic to why you're doing it, you know, to it's helping those that listen, help start conversations, break the stigma. If it's not helping you let's listen to this directly, then it's someone you know, see the sign, see something, you know, just creating awareness and education to it. And even just like within your community as well. And what's some of your feedback on that? I came to the conclusion that and it's going to sound bad, I guess, but even if they're doing it in with malicious intentions, at least the topic is being discussed. As much as you may not be able to weed out the people who really are wanting to do it for the help, you can't stop that. So you kind of got to take the good with the bad and just accept the fact that as long as they are putting the, the, the information out there, that's all you can do. A gun could be used to kill, then it could use, be used to protect it's how you use the information. So it's up to everyone's discretion, but I don't know. It, it just, for me, it, it was one of those things of you can't beat them. So join them, but join them in a way where the topic and conversations are still being had to help everybody get the, the information out of themselves and to receive information off of, uh, out in the community. I agree. Regardless of where it's coming from, if it's coming from a good place, which I've, I'm under the belief that, you know, even if you're, you're doing something else it's it's it is coming from a good place you're talking about it you're creating awareness and that's you know, that's, that's the key so one of the other things i wanted to talk about within the community or your community is that you made mention about this about like the culture so do, are you finding like especially with like out like so i should have asked rich how old are you 27 okay so 27 so I, i'm i'm 33 so similar ages mm-hmm. so within our sort of generation like are you finding that the same sort of mentality, the culture, like even you as a father and obviously me as a father and going through what we've been through, is there a sort of culture there to sort of hide, to, you know, keep those emotions dig deep or is it, you know, now we're starting to have these open conversations about, you know, not not heavy conversations but more so just about like 
be more open to how you're feeling, accept it and, and go through, you know, the emotions? Well, I, I don't know if you have experienced the same uh, notion, but I'm pretty sure that you have. And I, I want to say that I can almost guarantee it. The more that I've started to understand myself and open myself up, people feel around me, family members feel comfortable enough opening up themselves now because now I made it like not a place from judgment and understand yeah. and it's coming from a place of understanding. And when I first talked to my father about what he didn't do and what he did do as a father, I was it was in attack mode. It was it was in an attack. It was like you weren't there. You didn't bring me my bike. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. And once I turned in, it was like, but well, what was he going through? What what struggles did he have? Um, are you fighting for the relationship or are you fighting for your childhood? You can't get your childhood back. You can't. He can't take you to basketball games and stuff like that mm-hmm. anymore. You you have to fight for the relationship. So I've learned that once I started opening up up myself, people in relationships that I had problems with or stuff that didn't get solved and struggles that we were all dealing with, everyone around me felt more comfortable in sharing their stories and sharing the things that they went they went through and breaking down and um what do you call it understanding their own struggles and and, and going through their own brokenness and trying to pick up the pieces. Yep. I 100% agree with what you're saying in relation to being more honest. And the more honest you are, you find that the people around you start opening up mm-hmm. and there's that level of trust there. And like, just even like definitely with the family, I've grown to to see that, but also just evident within communities, whether it's like you got your communities on social media mm-hmm. or, you know, whether you're interested in a particular hobby, whether it's your sports or your content creator, your Twitch stream or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how tight these communities can be. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting where like one person takes the lead. One person is that person that comes out of the outside the, the box of, oh, this is not the norm type bit to have these conversations. But once you start having those conversations, you realize how common you all are. Mm-hmm. You're so very different, but you're very common. Like at the end of the day, like you said, we're all cars, we're all humans, we're all the same people. Like, we're just riding different cars, but it's but to, to open yourself up to to then to say like man, you know I'm you know, I'm I'm feeling the same way, just like you, you know, having the ability to have someone resonate you, you know, resonate with you with you know your own experiences and your story and creating that trust. And I think the more we can start having these conversations, the more that we can start having these key people within our communities, like yourself within the African American community, just a voice. I wanted to talk about another reason why you created the podcast and one of the reasons that you mentioned about the podcast is about treatment. So it's easy for us to say, go see your doctor, you know, go get professional mental health through a psychologist, a therapist, whomever you need to, or who you get referred to from your doctor, your GP. But at the end of the day is that a lot of people can't afford this type of therapy. It is expensive. And I know within Australia can be quite expensive and, you know, we've got um, government mental health programs in place to subsidize some of these costs. And I did a podcast episode about the mental health plan, um, mental health care plan. But I'm interested to hear your perspective about where you are and within the community. How easy is it to access this sort of professional help? You know, is it super expensive? Because I know that's one of the reasons why you created the podcast. So for people that, you know, couldn't afford, you know, to get the professional mental uh, health that they needed... They would have this, you know, it's not as a replacement. It's just like an alternative to help, you know, this therapeutic stories to help them create courage and awareness to help them. Just like it's obviously helped yourself as well. So I'll answer that twofold. What I've learned through research, I was, like I said, I was very self-sufficient. 
Whereas I was the one that took the initiative to go through research about mental health and do all the back end research. So first, I would say if you have the ability to do a lot of that research on your own, no, a lot of the stuff that people will do is they wait and they they don't do anything. They don't mm. get treatment. It's like, all right, I can't afford treatment, so I'm just going to sit here. It's like, no, yeah. there's information out there that you can use to help, like eating right, like going for walks, like journaling, like doing those things um, mm. that will help curve any uh, struggles that you're going. So Yeah, and I definitely, and not to cut you off, I definitely feel that's, that that is important because that's that was my journey as well. And and still even today, like the, the fitness side of things, I've, I've taken about five months off and I've just gotten into it, back into it as of pretty much today. Um, but you can tell the difference. Like oh, I can tell the difference. So for me, you know, that works for me. What works for you is something else and mm-hmm. so on. But like doing these little things it will help you. You know, it may not solve the recovery. Yeah, but it'll it'll definitely, I find in my experience, it definitely helps right. with your, your mental health. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. No, and this, the, the second part of that um, is I know everyone is not, able to be self-sufficient as we are with yeah. the ability to go look for and do the different uh, necessary things you can do for self. So you should go seek professional help. You should go get the help. That's I, I almost look at it like this. You either can go in the gym and learn how to work out yourself or you can get a trainer. It's, it's, yeah. it's either that simple. You, some people yeah. like they're self-sufficient enough, like they go to the gym and work out themselves. Um, so, with that being said, if you, you go get to see and seek professional help, but I know a lot of people can't afford it or, or or don't know how to afford it. And the reason why I say don't know how to afford it is if you talk to here in America, I found out, do research. If you talk to your mental health provider, they offer discounted rates for people who can't afford it. And okay, they good. offer discounted rates where if you work out something, um, because it's almost like, uh, and I'm, I don't know if you guys have it in Australia, but it's almost like... Uh, what do you call it? When a lawyer does work for free for people that can't afford an attorney. Oh, okay. Yep. They do that type of work for their uh, mental health treatment as well. They have a yep. certain amount of uh, hours they can dedicate to giving yeah. out uh, work, basically. I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain. I've watched all the, uh, the seasons you... of Suits right now. Yeah. And I'm just trying to go through it. <laughs> uh, but I, it's, it fades me. I, but I know what you're talking about. I know. Yeah, it. Pro they, bono, isn't it? Pro yeah, bono? Yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, they have that. Um, there also are group therapy sessions that you can get on and on where you won't get that one on one dialogue and and, and, yeah. and and personal affection, but you also get the help with other people in the group. And you get it at a discounted rate because you all guys are breaking down the price for the person. So there's a, there's a multitude of ways of affording it. And even here in Philadelphia, in my hometown, there's a, are two um, organizations that I've, I've been a part of where they were able to help me for free. They actually, and to keep an honest with you, they, they were able to help me get therapy for free. Because they just want you to start the process, and then afterwards you're supposed to get in and 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 yeah. you, you and your therapist can work out something. Um, but sure. So it's 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 organizations out there, and it's just uh, it takes a little bit of research. If anyone needs any help and guidance, and I, it, like I can su- suggest some different things. But those are some of the things that come top of mind. That therapy is affordable if you find different ways of affording it. Yeah, and I and that's very much the same in Australia. So the the process is go see your doctor, get a referral through the mental health care plan. So again, you know, completing a, a questionnaire. 
that allows the doctor to write you up to be access these professional mental health services. And then the government allows you to get subsidized. I think it's up to 10 at the moment. So you can get the discount through Medi- Medicare. And and so with that one there, and then afterwards, then you can decide how you're going to pay for it. Sometimes um, there is programs there where you, you can have access to very heavily discounted or sometimes free psychologist visits and therapists, but um, it's just all about being able to qualify for it. So, but it is there. I'm happy to hear that, you know, there are programs, similar programs, and there's awareness, you know, in the US and Philadelphia, and it's available. It's just about, obviously, like you mentioned, you know, it's doing the research. Are you eligible to access these? It, every town city is, is completely different. So what's available, you know, for you in Philadelphia, it may be different in Washington, maybe mm-hmm. different to everywhere else sort of thing. So it's just about investigating and maybe even going and seeing your doctor might be a first point of contact for that one there. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was just when looking for alternative help. So I'd imagine when looking at alternative help, it, when you can't afford you know professional help and you've gone through those avenues and it, it hasn't worked out for you for whatever reasons, uh, regards to you know finance and eligibility, I'd imagine like family and friends would be maybe a first point. I might be completely wrong, but like a first point of like, okay, as an alternative for help when it comes to your mental health. But also a lot of people, um, and, and certainly here in Australia, and like this, like there's no discrimination whatsoever here. Like you know, this is just a um, a very common thing is that people just self medicate themselves to as a way of dealing with what they're going through. Um, so not to you know obviously deal head on with you know the big issues and what they're feeling, just the, you know to way to sort of I guess numb them, whether it's for just a small period of time or over the long term just to help what's going with their minds and hearts. So where do you see that within the community with regards to, you know, do you, do you find it more common that people are reaching out to friends and family first or they, they'd they rather just like, you know, the old culture embedded in them, holding it tight and self-medicating through other avenues, however they want to do it? We, we, we have a huge problem, especially in my community, with self-medicating um, and not dealing with the issues. Um, it's a big thing with uh, taking pills and drinking uh cough medicine and um just smoking and mind you i understand the how you say the the mind the track of mind behind that but mm. it, it's all of those reliefs are only temporary they're like yeah, putting band-aids it. on a broken arm so yes they'll make yeah. you feel good for the moment but they don't make you feel good for the long term and I, I I felt I feel like there's a lot of self medicating going on in my community, and and people know they're doing it, but they also yeah. feel like they don't have no one to turn to. And honestly, to keep it honest with you, I don't believe family and friends are one of the people um you should just right away go to. It's sort mm-hmm. of like I think you should reach out to people like yourself, people like me, people who are willing and able to understand what you're going through and try to do the work and help you get through that stuff. And and not and that's one of the reasons why I started my uh, mental clarity coaching. It, it wasn't to act as a therapist. I wasn't asked to act as a psychologist or, or a psychiatrist. Mm. It's more of getting it off of your chest. getting yeah. and, and, and more so a personal development. Whereas I, if you have something serious, medical issue, Go seek professional help. But if you have them day-to-day struggles where you just need a a person there, a partner, accountability partner, I'm your guy. I'm with you. And like I said, for a person like yourself, we have been through certain things where we're able to relate to certain people in certain manners. And I'm sure we both wouldn't do anything that's out of our realm of being able to help. But a lot of that stuff is that we should reach out to individuals who are willing to do the help. And 
I, for people who I know the first reaction or first rejection is like, well, I don't know anybody. The internet is is full of people. You study them, just like hmm. how we've gotten to the point of getting onto this podcast and this interview. You have a bunch of content that you was able to decipher. If is Reg real as he say he is? Is Reg really? practicing where he preaching it, it, like you was able to see that so we have a world bevy of internet out there that can help us get into the mindset of getting the help that we need yeah absolutely 100 percent agree with what you're saying and there's certainly areas there that i definitely resonate with just like just having that person to that you, you just trust mm-hmm. and that's a, that's a hard thing as well you know finding someone that you trust like like you said you know that's why when you find someone within a close community, you know, a member or someone, or even just you reaching out and, you know, through someone that you know um, that's going through it has huge impact. And the feeling, the strength that comes from having just a, an honest conversation from someone that's not judgmental, to, to have the ability to just open up and to talk to someone that you feel that would understand what you're going through, like, Everyone goes through a lot of things, but just to have an open, honest conversation, not to feel judged, you know, that's not to, not to feel that they're looking down on you just, just as a person, just as a sounding board, just to hear you out. It can have a huge effect on yourself in relation to how you feel and to provide you strength and definitely agree with what you said there, Edge. Nah, it's so true because a lot of us are so vulnerable in that position where we just want help and we're willing to get it and, and, and seek it in, in, in anybody. And sometimes you can go to the wrong individual and seeking that help and not even, yeah. not especially unprofessionally and uh, and professionally because my I, I ha- I've had instances where friends have went to psychiatrists or psychologists and it wasn't, they, they felt... They just wanted something, someone to get their stuff off to in their chest. And um, yeah. when they went to the person, it was like, well, when was the last time you committed suicide or thought about committing? And it was a lot of heavy topics up front. And yeah. It was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't want to go there yet. So yeah. it's a matchmaking yeah. process where you got to find Definitely. what works for you. Yeah. And I th- and just on that point, I think a lot of people get discouraged when they go see a therapist because they think like, well, this is it. I'm going to go in and I'm going to get fixed. And they go in there and they go, it doesn't, it, it didn't work. It didn't work because it wasn't like, like you said, it was too heavy, too fast. Mm. Wasn't the right person. Wasn't the right match. And you know what? That happens. Mm-hmm. That, the reality is that sometimes happens, but not to get discouraged with it. That person that you saw is not suitable for, for you. you, but do not, you know, and that's the thing with therapy. Therapy is so it's personally tailored for you, you know, and that person that you see may not be right for you. And but do not just get discouraged just by you having a bad experience. Mm-hmm. Got to try, got to try again. And like, I guess that's just one thing I just want to like, you know, plant the seed, drill into people where they got to listen to it, you know, a few times. Is just that do not dis- discourage. You know, don't be that person that says, you know, I, w- I I tried to get treatment. You know, I went and I went to a therapist and it didn't work. Well, no, that therapist didn't work for you. You, know, you need to you need to try again you know you, you're worth it just go keep fighting the fight it's sort of like I, I i have a saying where i heard it i don't know where i heard it it's like don't throw out your diet your whole diet away off of one bad meal you just had one bad meal you can keep the diet going but yeah it's it's, it's, it's don't throw your whole diet away off of one bad meal if you got if you yeah. have one bad meal you just get, the next day start again and try again and just keeping just the process going because the road to recovery is a long one but if you if you stick it out it's yeah. it's, it's sort of like what you need you you the, the reward at the end of the tunnel will be worth it and that's sort of yeah. where I, how I got to the title and the name of my book as well yeah and look I just just on that point there I want to go into the book as well so your book's called suffering into success 
it was released at the end of 2018, so last year. Tell us about the book. Tell us about the process in, in writing the book, because it is your first book. Yeah, it, it took about two and a half years to write it because I didn't know what I didn't know. It took about two and a half years to write it. And as I spoke earlier, it details the relationship struggle that me and my mom went through and about what I've learned about success through research, through reading, and through my own personal experiences. And it's called Suffering to Success, a paradigm sh- shift of struggle so that you can achieve happiness. And the basis of the book is it's something that's been felt since the beginning of time. It's been documented. People have all gone through it. It's quotes about it, but it's a process that never been coined. Whereas it's you have to go through some pain to achieve happiness almost. Yeah. And what we do is we try to avoid the pain without embracing it. And I I'm, and the whole point and purpose of the book is embracing your pain because you know at the end of it you'll be able to achieve happiness. The bunch of comes a uh, concepts that come to mind is um a a, a piece of diamond doesn't become its diamond form without going through some mining it starts off as a rock so it has to go through some heat some pressure some pain you can't go to you can't get the successful body you want without literally and physically breaking down your muscles in the gym for them to grow back stronger you have to go through some type of mental stretching that's why a lot of people don't like school it's stretching your brain out and it's yeah. uncomfortable when your brain is, is is changing its form of, oh, all right, I understand. So anything, even a caterpillar going to a butterfly, it has to go into its cocoon. It has yeah. to go through some metamorphosis, and, it, and, and then it comes out and be the butterfly. But we try to skip that co- cocoon process, and it's, it's unavoidable. Yep. No, 100% agree. you got to put in the work. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, cool. No, that's awesome. I'll look, I'll put all the descriptions, I'll put all the details in the description section of the podcast. If uh, people are interested, they can go find it. I'll also put your podcast details in the description section as well. Like, I've taken up too much of your time. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Like, Reg is real, 100%, mate. What you put out in the podcast, you are changing lives, and you can see that from from what you're doing and the people that you've got on, and, and yeah, it's awesome. And thank you, you know, thank you for sharing your story, coming on here, telling us and educating us about what you see your surroundings within the African-American community. And I know that it's something that you've come into with the helping within that community, helping within your community, but it's something you want to broaden out as well. You know, mental health does not discriminate. And I know you're out to help as many people that want to get help or, or to have an open ear to listen, whether it's just that one key thing that you say on a particular podcast or you have to say it multiple times for it to people to resonate with the, the right person at that right time. Man, I wish you all the very best and success in the future, man. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, Reg. No, I thank you, man. And I appreciate your platform, man. You're doing great things. I've been watching from afar. Um, I got a chance to dig into some of your content. So you're doing great things. I have some, we're going to work on something together. Um, I want to do it in person though. So we're going to work out the logistics of it. Um, wow. I'm going make, to okay. make my way over Australia. Um, it's something in person, but we'll talk off air. Um, my phone and everything is dying, so. <laughs> no, that's all right. Look, I'll leave you to it. I know you got the two young kids. you got to get to school as well. So, look, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it, and um, I'll speak to you soon. All right, we'll talk, man. Thank you. Thanks, man. Hey, guys, as always, thank you so much for your attention, for listening to the podcast and your support. If you enjoyed the episode, please reach out to me on Twitter and let me know what your thoughts are. You can either get me on at Dane Peavy, D-A-N-E-P-E-V-Y, or at Pushing Through Blue. I'll leave the details in the description area of this podcast. Until next time, guys, much love, take care of yourself 
and each other.